Do you recall a day where everything clicked into place, where the world seemed to move in perfect harmony and every task flowed effortlessly? Introducing you to London Nootropics, adaptogenic coffee blends, thoughtfully crafted to elevate and balance your day, delivering all the perks of your beloved coffee, plus the incredible benefits of adaptogens, which also help to dial down those less than loved side effects like jitters, anxiety, and that all too familiar crash. A premium mix of medicinal mushroom extracts and other potent adaptogens, each blend is targeted for a specific purpose depending on what you need. Flow enhances your mental clarity and focus, Zen is your go-to for stress relief and balance, and Mojo offers that clean, natural energy lift. It's the synergy between caffeine and adaptogens that works wonders, allowing us to relish the caffeine bars without the drawbacks, ensuring a smooth, sustained energy flow. My top pick is the Zen Blend. It's a lifesaver for those of us who are caffeine sensitive and not to mention comes in the most charming packaging. So why not elevate your coffee experience with Lund New Tropics? Discover the perfect blend, find your flow and enjoy an exclusive 20% discount with the code SATINRETURNS at LondonNewTropics.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Saturn Returns with me, Kagi Dunlop. This is a podcast that aims to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt. Pausing this for a moment because I've got something exciting to share. Today's episode is brought to you by London Nootropics, the masters of crafting adaptogenic coffee blends that don't just taste heavenly, but they also boost your energy the right way. Now we all love that zesty kick from caffeine. It snaps us awake by outsmarting those sleepy adenosine receptors in our brain. But here's the kicker. Caffeine can hike up our cortisol, giving us the jitters or anxiety, particularly if you're like me and caffeine sensitive. But that's where the magic of adaptogen steps in. These natural heroes level out our cortisol, smoothing the energy boost from caffeine without the downsides. Plus, while caffeine tends to rush in and fade away, leaving you crashing, adaptogens extend that energy, keeping you vibrant without reaching for another cup. So if you want to find your most productive self with Lion's Mane and Rhodiola, in their flow blend. Cordyceps in Mojo is known to increase our aerobic capacity, oxygen flow and boost ATP. So it's perfect before a run or workout or when you're feeling fatigued. So if you're intrigued and you want to dive deeper into their blend secrets and discover which adaptogens sync with you, try visiting their website. And because you're part of the Saturn Returns family, enjoy a special 20% off at London Nootropics Adaptogenic Coffee with the code SATINRETURNS. Enjoy. Fail as quickly as possible. Fail fast. Oh, all the time. Make, make a mess. Make all the mistakes. Yeah. Like it failed and I'm still alive. Today, I'm joined by Lisa Donovan, entrepreneur and founder of the astrology app, The Pattern, which if you haven't got it, I highly suggest you download it now. I absolutely love it and all my friends are on it as well. Lisa is a fascinating individual and I actually have wanted to speak to Lisa for a really long time. Um, I've been a fan of hers from afar and then more recently a friend of mine, Farley, was like, oh, I just met this amazing woman at a dinner party. She created the pattern. She's called Lisa. She's just moved to London. And so I was so thrilled to be introduced to her and to have her on the show. Lisa started her career as one of the first YouTube content creators way back in 2005 before founding a content studio, which was later bought by Disney in 2015. After selling this company, Lisa experienced a very turbulent time in her life and started to question a lot of things. 
And that led her to astrology and she had her first reading and then something just clicked for her and it set her on this mission. I was so excited to have this conversation with Lisa because like I said, I've wanted to speak to her, just wasn't able to get in touch with her until, you know, divine timing and she's moved around the corner from me. And she was just so interesting to talk to. I love how people have these spiritual awakenings and then these moments in life where everything changes and how they then lean or discover astrology and she obviously gravitated towards it so much she knows so much about it every time I see her she does these incredible readings for me and I think you will find this conversation super interesting before we get into any of this though let's hear from our astrological guide Nora astrology works for us among other things it helps us uncover the patterns of our lives and help us affirm the natural traits and talents we possess Depending on which astrology system you follow, you can also find your purpose, or rather, your higher purpose. There's a clear distinction in astrology between career and purpose. Career, status, income, relationship status are all related to karma, which might align us with our purpose, or it simply might bring us the means and opportunity to further explore our purpose, which in astrology, or at least Vedic astrology, relates to dharma. Dharma is how we serve our higher selves, or the divine. It's what fuels our emotional engine with passion, without us ever burning out, for the more we fuel it, the more we grow. It's often abstract, and we're made aware of it early on in life, or later, when we've detached ourselves from early childhood conditioning. To get a hint of what this could be, or to confirm what it is, we can use numerology paired with astrology, as well as deep meditation and guidance by someone representing matters of Jupiter. Jupiter would be a benevolent teacher, a mentor, or even a spiritual figure who guides us rather than imposes their projections and manipulations upon us. When looking at your chart, you can start by looking up your North Node or your Jupiter placement. You should look at the signs they're in, the area of your chart they're lighting up, the degrees they're at, and just research everything you can about it. This information will further shine a light on what it is that will nourish your heart, inspire your mind, and liberate not only yourself, but also others. A few life events will bring you closer to it or pull you away from it. But the truth is that if you are truly open to it, your purpose will make itself known through people, life events, world events, until it screams at you loud enough that you can't ignore it anymore. So you can never truly miss your purpose, for it will keep calling no matter what you know or no matter what you do. But your free will can cause you to either answer the call or ignore it. But Lisa, welcome to Saturn Returns. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know what's funny? I actually wanted to get you on like a really long time ago. Someone talked, because I've been on the pattern for such a long time. Mm. And then when, you know, our mutual friend Farley said that you moved to London, I was like, it's meant to be. <laughs> so for people that don't know, would you be able to explain a little bit about what you do and how you sort of got into it? Because obviously astrology is such a big part of your life and you've created one of, the most successful astrology apps, which is incredible. Mm. And so like how that came to be. How that came to be. Well, I actually, I started as a YouTube content creator back in 2005. And this was like when YouTube well, first launched. Way. I mean, nobody knew what YouTube was. Nobody knew what I was talking about conceptually. 
what do you mean you're making online videos? Like, what is that? Started creating this content. I had this channel that took off of just pop culture parody. And I did that for three years. And that was quite a grind because there was no money in it at the time. So you had to work a regular job, but you had to make all this content. And that experience was basically inspiration for co-founding this company. I founded in 2009 called Maker Studios, which was like a united artist for YouTube content creators. And I went all in on that. Um, I was the one with the credit. So I went very in debt and got a lot of leases in my name in Los Angeles, moved YouTube content creators out to LA and, and had the studio and did that for five years. You actually moved them out to LA? Oh, well, I had leases. I've got a bunch of leases, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that was kind of at the forefront of that whole movement. Yeah. So that was founded in 2009. So very early days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when you could live in Venice and not have money. <laughs> it's changed yeah, a lot. That's and, definitely not yeah, the case Not anymore. the case now. Yeah. Um, it was sort of before that Silicon. And was this beach. in Venice? This was in Venice. Amazing. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know much about business. I didn't plan on that. I was a creative. But over time... I stopped doing the, the videos and was just all on the business side of it. And it was like going to business school on steroids, I suppose. Did you enjoy the business side of it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just a wild experience and everything, the stakes are so high. Yeah. Cause you're in it, which I tend to do in life. I jump in, in the deep end and then I try and figure it out. Cause then I can't, I'm commi- I gotta be committed. Cause I gotta, I, I, I don't know. I know. feel like I'm the opposite. I feel like I'm like trying to weigh everything up before, yeah. before taking the sort the of step. the step which doesn't really work so uh, so to after, each their own though that's maybe true. it does you know uh, that's probably the smartest thing to do well, I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know about that looking at what you've managed to create in like quite a short space of time and also pivot yeah. in these different ways so after that how long yes. were you doing that that for? so I was doing that from the start to selling so it sold to Disney in 2014 that was five years almost to the day so and again, just this rich life experience um, and learn so much. And not only about business, it was an emotional journey and personal journey. Personal journey. Um, basically, life got a little crazy maybe a year before it sold. My whole life took some radical changes on all fronts, you know, relationships and, and work. And my father was sick. All these things collided at once mm-hmm. and sort of broke me open um more like an ego death I guess you know like who I thought I was the choices I'd made all these things came into question and I realized oh my gosh I know nothing I know nothing about myself I know nothing about why I make certain choices and and so it started this kind of new path in my life I guess without sounding too woo-woo like a a spiritual you're in, path. You're in the right space. I'm in the right that. place. Let's get, let's get woo-woo. But it's interesting that you were experiencing that sort of internally when it sounds like externally everything was going oh, yeah. incredibly. Yeah. I mean, you're selling your company, everything's To Disney. Amazing. Yeah. You know, and it was, you can hold both at yeah. once, but, um, but this sort of was this awakening and I started looking at life very differently and it was humbling and I wound up having my first astrology reading during this time. And I was not an astrology gal before that. I, you know, I grew up in a home, everything was very logical and analytical. Mm-hmm. My dad grew up very Irish Catholic and had left the church. So we had no religion in the house. You know, he didn't believe in anything like that. So no spirituality. Nothing. So, and I remember being a kid and being confused. I was like, well, what, 
um, what happens? <laughs> you know, and it's so great if somebody say, you're just going to go to heaven. I wish yeah. I had that because, you know, my mind, because I can have a very analytical and mm. obsessive mind too. I, I would overthink this a lot, you know, life and death. I, I definitely, if you don't have sort of answers or a spiritual connection, it's confusing <laughs> and it's terrifying. Especially so, when you're going through something turbulent. Yeah. Well, it makes you, it makes you realize you don't have control of anything mm. and that's what a relief thank god right you know but if you don't know that you're running around trying to hold everything together yeah and, and it continues to fall oh, apart and it's just it's falling apart yeah actually i'd say that was one of the most amazing times too kind of in that moment it almost felt like everything i was trying to hold together had failed mm-hmm. which was almost a liberation because I was like, oh, okay. Because if you're constantly trying to prove something, work something, hold it together and enable and this, and then you're like, oh, it's, it's failed. It's over. You're just like, okay, I'm free. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like it failed and I'm still alive. You know, so mm-hmm. I always, not that anybody asks for my advice, but if they do, I'm like, fail as quickly as possible. Fail fast. Oh, all the time. Make, yeah. make a mess. Make all the mistakes. Yeah. And, and I get over that, it. You know, that's like such a a lesson for the, this podcast it's like because yeah. I felt in a similar sense and we all go through our own challenges but yeah. like the more I tried to hold everything together and control it the more things the more resistance I face and the more pain and then just by simply relinquishing control and surrendering a little bit yeah. you allow things to unfold as they're supposed to and it will pivot yeah. in the most extraordinary ways that you could never have predicted could never because when I made certain changes in my mind everything had failed and nothing was going to work out mm-hmm. but then miraculous everything did you know then we sold the company and it was incredible and then it took me on this new path you know where I I wound up um all kinds of things I got into but I had this reading the astrology reading knowing nothing yeah I I had this reading you know kind of went in not thinking anything and it kind of it just blew me away because it was more of a a mirroring I think I thought astrology was predictive or they're telling you this is going to happen at this time and you know um this was much more a mirror to who i was and just uh made me feel seen and it makes you realize things are you think you're in this silo controlling everything (laughs) and then when you get a a chart reading you realize okay everything i'm feeling is is something that the stars are telling me i'm meant to to go through Mm -hmm. so then it's like it's so comforting and it's empowering because you can feel very disempowered by your life Totally. And 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 so confused and like I don't understand why victimized by your life. So to me, this was like amazing. I can own all this. So when I'm running into that problem or this relationship doesn't work, it's not about the other person. It's it's me. Yeah. What's oh, my lesson? What's my lesson? And what am I doing? And how am I contributing to that? That it was very empowering and liberating because you can spend a lot of time trying to figure out someone else's behavior totally. instead of your own. And oh, every I think we're all guilty of that yeah. from time to time. And like someone told me on the podcast, Mark Groves actually came on and it was, I think he was quoting Sam Harris, but he was talking about if you were in someone else's shoes, self-sell, experience for experience, you would make exactly the same choices that they have. And when he said that to me, I was like, God, I've agonized over so many moments trying to think, well, I wouldn't do what they did. And if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't do that. But of course I wouldn't because I'm right. not them. Right. And like you said, rather than you know, projecting all of that onto the other person, we don't take ownership over our own shit. And when we do, it's actually really empowering. It's the best. And that was a big part of it too. I I felt, 
I was so excited to understand all the people in my life mm -hmm. and where they were coming from or why maybe certain conflicts would come up or I'd feel a certain way around somebody. And of course, then I became obsessed with that and just started reading and learning and getting readings here and there. And, you know, <laughs> friends still tell the stories to walk around with like a bag of books and I'd be like, can I, can I talk to you about your chart? And I'd like you with friends and I'd come really? with my books. So like, you were learning. Yeah. 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 And oh, what supportive people in my life that they just encouraged it. They weren't like, you're nuts <laughs> it feels I mean it feels for my mind anyway even though obviously I'm doing this podcast like when I talk to Nora who does the astrology mm, for it mm. I get very overwhelmed very quickly yeah. because it's so vast the yeah. amount that you can learn yeah. but you just dived right in yeah it was it was so exciting for my mind and and seeing the patterns because to me that's what it was it was Ah, okay. I have this thing where I, maybe I feel deficient or I'm not enough or need to prove myself. Okay, who else has that pattern? Okay, you have that pattern. Okay, and you have this. The commonality. Yeah, there. and seeing the connection of, of the patterns that we all have and then seeing when we don't share certain things, how it'd be so easy to misunderstand and, and project all kinds of things onto each other. And, mm -hmm. and what a gift, like I said, to just know that and have perspective that you think they're they're not wanting to listen to you, but they have a tendency to be a little bit more detached and spacious. It's not personal. It's nothing to do with you. I know. Nothing has anything to do with you ever. And That's also, lesson one. <laughs> we do tend to fall into this quite black and white, like, yep. you know, someone's in the right, someone's in the wrong. Right. And often, you know, in the process, victimize ourselves. But fundamentally, yeah. what it kind of boils down to is it gives you a lens to view the world where rather than saying, I am a victim of this situation or this person has wronged me and like hurt me in this way, you can see it as, oh, this person's activated this wound, which is the lesson that I need to learn so I can unearth this and move through it into like the evolution of my becoming and 100%. vice versa. And so we always offer each other mirrors. And like, that's why relationships are so complex because it suddenly comes into this point where you're like, it, it shows you all the things that you all can't things. see on your own. So well said. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I mean, every experience you're having, I believe in life, is really a reflection of what's inside of you. Or we can even say your chart, right? So if I'm struggling with something in terms of not feeling like I'm enough, and I, I really believe that I'm, I'm inadequate, I'm not enough, that energy is what I will bring into my life via other people and circumstances. Because obviously like when one goes through their Saturn return often and something that I experienced was this massive theme in authority. Yeah and how that would always come from the outside. And I would sort of hand over the keys to my kingdom to anyone that came along to tell me how to do things. And I realized retrospectively that that was an opportunity for me to actually realize that it was internal. But I have a lot of people that, you know, that came to the live show of the podcast and stuff like that. And they kind of have this fear around, oh, what's gonna happen? Is if right. it's something, and I don't, I don't mean to kind of make it seem like this moment in time where, everything's going to fall apart and you have no control over mm -hmm. it. But it's like these lessons are going to cut. It's mainly about changing your perception yes. of your experience. Completely. First, just talk about the Saturn return too. That that can be the most incredible time of your life. I mean, that's when I started that first company. So whatever you put your energy into at that mm -hmm. time is is just the most important thing because it will likely yield some kind of matter, yeah that's right it will yield results and saturn is, isn't easy so that's something i look at in a chart if somebody has what's called a saturn complex because that can be a psychological feeling of being inadequate not enough needing to prove yourself that something's wrong with you and that's a theme of your life right and then there are saturn cycles like the one you're talking about saturn return mm -hmm. that 
impact people for like nine months at a time. It's like a gestation period. It's time to grow something. Um, so people who have Saturn are kind of always dealing with that sense of authority, like you're saying, or, you know, I'm not enough or I have to, I have to deal with this. And then some people who don't have Saturn experience it for these nine month windows and it's brutal. But if you have Saturn, so it's you're a used nine to month it. window. Yeah. It's, an, it's like we think of it as a gestation period. Yeah. That's interesting. You had to give birth to something. Mm -hmm. And there are also Saturn cycles you can have outside of the Saturn return. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of cycles. And that's what the pattern. Does, does Saturn work in seven-year cycles? It does. But there's all different places in the chart that Saturn can impact, right? Mm -hmm. So you could, Saturn could be impacting your moon, could be impacting your Venus, could be impacting your Mars. A Saturn return is saying that Saturn has now gone through basically 30 years, which would take 29 years it's back to its exact place at the time of your birth. Mm -hmm. So it's a very specific one. Then seven years later, it's squaring where it was at the time of your birth. But when we look at cycles, Saturn could be, you could be going through Saturn to your Saturn. Well, moon. I'm going through a Saturn something at the moment because Nora's told me that I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah, it's, also, it's also a Venus something. So I've got like these two energies return, kind of yeah. going on. But then we'll we should look at, I was going to say, we should we'll do get a into that. chart reading. But when, so when you did that reading, it just, something just sort of landed for you. Yeah. Because it was that mirroring and it was like, yeah, that's, I can, that's I can stop fighting myself. This is who I am. So he's just telling me everything I know about myself, but maybe I don't think it's right or I'm fixing it or I'm doing all these things and contorting myself. Like, Were you oh. resisting your true nature? Yeah, I think there is a few. I have a lot of what's called Saturn in my chart, an exceptional amount. So it means my life is also about learning to love myself because Saturn is telling you everything is wrong. Everything about you is wrong from as early as you can remember. And you better fix it and fix it fast. This is why that motivate it motivates you to like well, manifest things perfectionism, exactly. Because you don't always know what's running the show. No. And if you're Most not aware, people aren't aware. Of, of course. And you, it takes these incredible life experiences to open you up and realize often. That's right. And then you're like, ah, this is who's running my whole life. And I don't have to listen to that critical voice. Mm -hmm. right. It became this incredible tool for me at a really challenging time. And that's when I was like, this would be wonderful if I could mimic my experience in an app and then everyone could have it. And I was like, well, okay, how am I going to do that? And I was like, it'll be, it'll be easy. I'll just figure it out. I'll start, like I said, I just jumped just dive in. in. I was like, yeah, 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 this will be easy. No problem. Jump in. I'll hire some people to do it. And of course, there's nobody you can really hire to just do that. And I just, I didn't really take a break. Just right after selling the company, I basically dove into this and sort of convinced this, astro this astrologer. Um, the same one that you saw? Yeah, I said... If I, would you sit with me for like, if I came to you, you know, for, for a week, could I just spend eight hours a day just like extracting from mm -hmm. your brain and yeah, I'll pay you. Let's, let's do that. And he's like, yeah. So I did that. I just started asking questions. So it was a long process because it's not like it's laid out. You're trying to take an oral tradition and make a system and an algorithm out of it and then content. But I mean, thinking back now, I'm like, well, what were you thinking? <laughs> But you know, I was just, I just wanted to understand it. So that passion was there. Granted, it's not, it's not the smartest way to do it because you go do something and then you start testing it or talking to people and it doesn't make sense. And then I have to go back and he's like, well, yeah, because this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, ah, well, why didn't you tell me this, that, and the other, now I got to rewrite the whole thing. So it was really, um, but that it, was your process. That was my process. That's what it was. And it was a creative catharsis really too. Like I said, I was processing a lot of things in my life and 
my father had gotten sick at the time. So <laughs> selling my company also, you should, I don't know what you do when you sell a company. I wound up moving um, home to my childhood bedroom and building the pattern and wow. living with my um, dad. He was, um, it was his last year, you know, year we're trying to find alternative treatment for him. And so I stayed there until he passed and then stayed with my mother. So I basically was doing this from my Do home. yourself. Um, yeah, and I didn't really have a life. It was very monastic. It was very, it was this thing I kind of needed. It was this creative catharsis, as I said, and something to, to focus on. And I mean, in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, you were trying to make sense of the irrational, all these feelings. It was too much. So I was like, oh, I'll just go make this happen. I'll make sense of it. Yeah. I've never even saying that to the astrologer once. I was trying to get him to be very definitive about something. And at a certain point, he's like, wait a second. He's like, you do realize this is a mystery. And I was like, oh my God, of course. And I was like, we don't, there is no, there is no definitive answer to anything. Mm -hmm. You just have to trust. And, and who knows? It is, life is mysterious. We don't know. Um, anyway, so that was my process. And so, yeah, I would, I'd be writing sort of 10 hours a day just in there and doing that. And, um, was doing that for years, kind of in my own way and creating the pattern. And then it's about three years ago. I was able to put it out in a beta at that point, meaning, you know, a, a first test. version. Of, yeah, a test app to send to friends. And I don't know, I can't remember now, but I think there's like about a thousand people on it. One day I wake up and there's 30,000 people on the app. And it was like a field of dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come. I was like, what? And I think I even took a photo of my face smiling. I was like, what is this? How did this happen? Just completely organically. Yeah. That was like overnight. It was kind of like magic in a way. And then from that moment on, it was just word of mouth. People just sharing with friends. We're sharing with friends and we just get X amount of signups a day. And then. And how many are you on now? Well, yeah, then um, I guess we have almost 9 million. Nine now. million. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And does it was, that do you kind of acknowledge that number? Or does it just seem so huge that it's almost incomprehensible? No, it does. I mean, it. It's, it's funny, when you're doing it, it all seems normal. It's not like it happened overnight. You know, this was yeah. years of work, right? So it wasn't like I made something in a week and people jumped yeah. on it. So by that point, it was just a lovely moment of like, wow, because you're in a silo making this thing because you think it's amazing. You don't really know if anybody's going to have any interest in it. And who, you know, I was told by many people like, Nobody's going to read that. It's so but long. Also, like you said, it was your own personal catharsis. So as yeah. you were going through that journey, you probably would have done it anyway, regardless, because yeah. of what it was, it was kind of like emotionally, sounds like it was like stabilizing. A hundred percent. And I was like, well, I'll use it for, for yeah. this is great, you know, but you don't know because you're in a silo. You have no idea if anybody's going to think this is interesting or accurate at all. Did you think about that a lot in that process in terms of like how people would potentially respond to it? Definitely. I mean, obsessively in the sense that I wanted it to be available to people who are not interested in astrology at all. Those who would be skeptical and miss out on, on the wisdom that mm -hmm. is there. So I didn't want it to be in your face astrology. And that's why everything, there is no mention of astrology in the app. We don't mention Saturn mm -hmm. or Venus or Mars and there's no symbols. It's all translated. Oh, so, yeah. so really acknowledge that. Yeah. And that's part of it. So you're kind of, it's kind of just reading a story about yourself. It's like an encyclopedia about you and what an you're going through. Yeah. And your friends and your family and your relationships. And I did that because I was somebody who would have been great if I knew this stuff when I was 20. 
but I probably wouldn't have done it because I'm like, ah, oh, astrology, I don't know. Well, I know it's got this sort of reputation. It's definitely shifting dramatically. And I think, That's, you know, you can yeah. see in, in the amount of people that are on your app, even though you don't talk about those things, it's still known as an astrology app. But in terms of it having a renaissance and a rebranding, because it was associated as like, even when I was growing up, it was like, weird, yeah. you know, weird kind of people that... Yeah, you know, witches and people looked at crystal yeah. balls and... and like the whole branding of it and everything, yeah. you're like, no, no. I'm not going to go there. No, and that's, again, this is so many years ago when I had the idea. The whole world has changed and now astrology yeah. is like Everywhere. the coolest thing ever. So it's great timing. Great it worked timing. out. But at the, you know, at the time... It wasn't at the time. No. And... Um, so it's just very simple. It's very clean. You know, we just have our, our our pattern logo. And that was a big part of it too. I wanted to name it something that was a word everybody knew but had deeper meaning. I didn't want it to be like, you know, stars and yeah. comets app. You know, I wanted it to be something that, um, you know, resonated in that way. And the pattern was, it took many years for me to get it, but it was once I figured out what I wanted. It that was, was it. I was like, that's it. And in terms of building out the infrastructure, how does that work in terms of because it's obviously so complex and mm -hmm. like everyone's different chart. Mm -hmm. How do those kind of layers work if you can communicate that in quite a like digestible way? Yeah, I mean, that is the the magic of it is this, this algorithm and this methodology and the way we do approach it because you can approach astrology from all different ways, you know? And it's the uniqueness to ours that would be way too complicated to just sort of sum up. But essentially we, at the moment of your birth, basically we're saying there's meaning you take your first breath, that you're the creative expression of the universe in that single moment in time, as above, so below. So where the planets were in the sky at the time of your birth, there's meaning in, in you as um, a living, breathing person. And this is a, the path, you know, of your life. And I feel like we're taking the most important pieces of that. We're, we're much more moon-based, I'd say. We don't find the sun as important. Sun sign was mostly just to sell newspapers 100 years ago. They knew you'd know the month you were born, but to know your moon, which changes every two and a half days, some expert would have to tell you. Mm -hmm. But that's much more specific, two and a half days versus 30 days, right? Or your ascendant is every two hours. So we're trying to get the you know the preciseness of who you are. And it's very archetypal. So that's what it is. You know, there's 12 different signs and they're applied to the moon. They're applied to the Venus. You know, you're a Pisces moon. Mm -hmm. so another person might be an Aquarius moon or I'm a Gemini moon. Um, and we're saying there's, there's meaning and we describe those archetypes. So mine's this, you know, kid <laughs> that just doesn't want to grow up and wants to laugh at everything. And your Pisces moon is this, you know, priestess, empathetic, merging with everybody, you know, and that's an archetypal thing. So yeah. you think there's more importance in looking into your moon sign? Well, it's the moon, the Venus, the Mars, the ascendant, the midheaven, and also the complexes are very important. So when a complex meaning if you're born with Saturn and hard aspect or Pluto or Uranus or Neptune. So if Saturn is an aspect to your Pisces moon, it's a very different thing than just a Pisces moon. How so? Well, Saturn is one of the first things I look at in anyone's chart, if they have it or not, because it's going to be never done a reading or somebody isn't like, oh my God. And I'm just like, from as early as you can remember, you've just felt that you're not enough and you need to prove yourself and you're inadequate. And it's like liberation to hear that. And when it would be applied to a Pisces moon, it would be, you're not enough. And it comes out in the way you give. Pisces is a giver. So it'd say, you better give more. You're not enough in that way. But can Saturn, you look at mine? Sure. Let's get into it. I so remember so, you're a Pisces in Taurus. Yeah. Usually but, if I look at a chart, I won't forget it. 
Wow, that's amazing. Because that's the patterning. I, I was with a, a friend yesterday who actually asked me, and I said that I would ask you this because she was a C-section baby. And then she said that whenever she has her chart read, it doesn't resonate like her placements. And so she questioned whether it, you know, if she's a C-section baby, does that then mean that it's not? No, I was a C-section baby. It's your first breath. She might, she might have the wrong time. I've had that happen. People have told me many times, they're like, I love your app. I have to tell you though, I used it the first time and I was like, this is totally wrong. This is ridiculous. And then I found out my birth time is totally different and I came back and changed the time and it was bang on, you know? So she might have a time issue um, or it might be the people she's going to, but now I'm like, I should talk to your friend because I want to <laughs> tell her about her chart. Because if it isn't accurate, I'd, I'd be curious. So why it's, it's pretty rare for somebody to just not connect with it. Like, and I'm okay with that too. I don't, you don't have, to me, this is just but a But it tool. wasn't of the past. It was just like when she- Of course it was the pattern. <laughs> When she reads the pattern, it's accurate. Okay. No, no, I know. When she gets readings, she's saying mm -hmm. it's... Yeah, I, now I'm curious. If you could send me her time. Okay. Her birthday. But she'd love that. But anyway, let's, anyway. Get, let's get into my chart. Yes. So you have your own, just to say for the listeners that obviously can't see you, you have your own within the app? Or is this just, just another app of my... Because the way I read charts is, is I just look at the wheel, the planets. Mm -hmm. I just... Um, That's personal for you for when you meet people and you can just... Yeah. Doing wow. this all day long because you know? everybody I meet. That's why the pat. That's why I made the pattern too. It's everybody I met. I wanted to know their pattern because it's fascinating. So you, you said are a Pisces moon, in our, our algorithm. There's twelve versions of each moon, and you're the Pisces version of a Pisces moon. What um, does that mean? So I'm the, you're I'm the most Piscean. So I'm the we most Piscean of the Pisces. Mm -hmm. okay. So we look at the moon as your lineage, kind of where you've come from. So you've lived many lifetimes as the moon and then you come into this life and that's kind of all, you know, that's your, your ground, you know, and, and yours is Pisces. So that is as though you've lived many lifetimes being an empathetic healer, priestess giving it's a giver. And it's very, um, it picks up all the energy in the room it comes in and it's feeling everything. It's absorbing everything. It's almost like there's no self, there's no ego, there's no, it's totally open and it's so sensitive. So it, I'm fascinated by Pisces moons because they're the most mysterious to me I found in my creating the pattern because that sensitivity is so extreme that it can be something you feel you can't, you have to disconnect from. Um, it's too much. And especially for, I would say men in our culture, it's very hard to be a Pisces moon because mm -hmm. it's so vulnerable. It's so porous, it's so open and you're merging with everybody. It can be the most codependent in that sense. Yeah. Cause you're picking you up the other person's thing. What's yours and what's yeah. Theirs, yeah. It's always like, who am I? So Pisces moons can masquerade as, as not sensitive. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love doing someone's chart and finding out they are, because maybe under that, hard like exterior i'm like oh you're really just sensitive <laughs> and then it usually comes out when they're drinking or yeah, watching well, a movie and they're like <laughs> well we kind of we spoke last time we met and i said how you know i used to sort of numb out and oh, use yeah. alcohol and stuff to disconnect and sort of disassociate from that part of myself so that i could navigate through without absorbing everyone's energy or feeling like i was picking up on all the stuff and then i think i presented myself as someone that was just like quite desensitized a lot of the right. time because you a pisces moon will become their environment mm. so they can you grew up in a aggressive she, she, home she, yeah. they can seem like an aggressive person if they you know everybody's partying and 
drinking, yeah. then they're doing that. So, and that's very common with Pisces too, is, is alcohol, you know, that, that kind of a thing. Um, it's also very spiritual. The, Pisces usually means you have a capacity to like connect to, to spirit and maybe hear things or be spoken to or that intuition, um, you know, vision, those kinds of things. So it's a really, um, I always talk about boundaries. Pisces, you got to learn boundaries. How do you stay here in the ground, you know, and, and, yeah. and start creating an ego, a sense of self. Oh man, that was like that I went through in when I moved to LA when I was 27, when suddenly I was like, okay, I know who, I know who I'm not because I think I was surrounded by, and it's not to say anything against those people, but because I was morphing into any situation I found myself in and often they weren't the right situations. And then because I was in a TV show when I was quite young and then the press, and then it was like this entity got created that was me. And I was like, I don't think that is me, but I also don't know who I am. Well, we'll go with that because I have no idea who I am. So let's do that for a little while. And then it became this kind of very Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing. And then I think, you know, that's how I kind of came into astrology myself because I was like, I don't know my identity, but I, I know who I'm seeing like this version of myself that I'm seeing that I'm not. Yeah. So how do I kind of cultivate my values and like find my community? And there was like a, sort of self-inflicted exile in that process because I could not stand true to who I was trying to be in those various situations. I would just morph. It was so second nature to me. Yeah, you don't even know you're doing it till you're in it. I have a lot of similar stuff in that. I have a lot of um, Neptune. So I would do very similar things. That really resonates what you're saying. And then that's the process of you usually have to back away. Certain yeah. people can't be in your life, yeah. which is also very tough because Pisces wants to be the giver and doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. And you're Libra rising, so you really want people to like you, you know? Um, but that's that's really incredible and, and brave that you did it because some people can live a lifetime in this kind of pain. And that's, again, to me, why I made the pattern because that can be that can be life changing. Well, similar for you, it's like That's after right. I had these realizations, and I can't. I wish I could remember the exact moment when someone actually fully introduced me to astrology. I guess it was perhaps talking with Nora a lot mm. on Instagram, and then things slowly starting to land. But like retrospectively, I'm like, if I knew those yeah. things then, I would not have felt so alone. That's right, because we feel so alienated. And that, again, why I wanted to make the pattern because I, I wish I had known this stuff you know, growing up and in my twenties. And so, yeah. So then now your Venus, which we think is, is another very significant part of your chart is in Taurus. Your sun happens to be in Taurus as well, but let's say you didn't have the Venus in Taurus. You wouldn't really have anything very important. We'd say in Taurus. And this is why I think astrology, sometimes people don't find it accurate because they only know their sun sign Mm -hmm. and they don't relate to it because they know themselves as a Pisces sun, but every other planet in the chart um, is not that way at all. It's it's dry and not emotional, and it's like more of a Capricorn or Virgo. They'll read Pisces and be like, "But that doesn't yeah. resonate at all. What is that?" So that's those those moments. So your Venus is in Taurus, and you have what's called a Pluto complex. One, your Venus was born in the underworld, so she was hidden behind the sun when you were born, as well as having Pluto in opposition to her. So what is Pluto? Pluto is um, the underworld. It's irrational, illogical experiences and feelings that take you beyond what you're comfortable with, beyond your control and forces you to surrender. Uh, your 
Venus is in Taurus, which is all about self-love and, and pleasure and enjoying the body and receiving, right? So it's all about being comfortable and safe and receiving and enjoying. It's, it's very different than Pisces. They're very different that Pisces is the giver, Taurus is the receiver. Is it quite like Nora always says to me, like Aphrodite energy? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> if you're a Taurus moon, you're coming in pretty confident about who you are. You're kind of lucky to be in my presence right now. <laughs> um, I'm not going anywhere. If you want to see me, you can you can come here. They're yeah. like the honey, and they don't feel a need to prove themselves. They're enjoying their body, their experience. They're very anything that is not comfortable, they will not do. Anything that threatens their security, they're not interested in. But you're coming from Pisces, where all you know is giving. It's, it doesn't have a strong sense of identity, but you're being asked to kind of cultivate the strongest sense of identity. Mm -hmm. You know, Taurus is, is a very confident, I am entitled to be here and enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. But you have Pluto, which takes that into the underworld and it, and it makes that feel like that's not allowed for you. Or every time you try and receive, it's dangerous or something irrational happens and your security is stripped from you and it's very uncomfortable and it can impact your feelings about your body. It can like disallow you to feel comfortable in your body. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had a very tortured relationship with my body throughout my twenties. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But Nora also always sends me, and we send each other pictures of she. She often is like the Monica Bellucci in terms of like someone that's very feminine mm, and like yes. like able to receive, to receive adoration. She's like, this is the energy you need to be that's like it. harnessing. <laughs> and so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, because it's antithetical. I mean, you're coming in thinking your value is in what you give and you're being pushed on a path. It's like, no, it's it's about learning how to receive because you're always going to know how to give. You're an expert. You've been doing it for lifetimes. So you got that. We don't want to stay stuck there. So it's, it's moving into, yeah, just pleasure and think about why you're doing something. Is it going to bring you pleasure and enjoyment? It's not about rushing. It's very relaxed. It's very relaxed. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. I'm just going to sit on the couch and I'm going to Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish, I, I think it's such a great one. And your Mars is in Cancer. This is the part of your chart that we'd say, it's you. There's a part of you that is Cancer. It's your Mars. But it's where we also see relationship experiences. And we often project this part of our chart onto the other. So it's say you're looking for somebody to take care of you in an mm. emotional way, to be your emotional security blanket. Like It's the mother archetype. So you'd want them to really parent you, parent you, but that's not <laughs> the chart is going to allow. You have Chiron to it, so there's a wound to it. Oof. So it's um, just for those that don't know, because Chiron is like where you have your wounding, right? Yeah, it's the wounded healer. It's a wounding that's unique to you, and only you know what that is. But we'd say there's something that you've gone through related to intimacy and relationship, and being able to feel nurtured and cared for. Mm -hmm. emotionally the point is for you to do it so once you can be the mother to yourself and this goes so well with Taurus Taurus needs a mother so you know the, the cancer part of you coming in and being like what do you need and how can I take care of you mm -hmm. and doing that because then you can you won't attract this wound again this is your chart so if you're not dealing with it you will bring in relationships that are very wounding yeah I mean just to when I was going, it was literally the window of my, this relationship was the window of my Saturn return, which is crazy that I had. And the month that ended was the month myself. And I didn't actually know this at the time, by the way. That's I didn't the know best it was myself. It. I, like, I only looked it up the other day and I was like, oh my God. But it was very much 
I do come into relationship in that kind of like wanting to be parented a little yeah. bit and looked after emotionally. And I was, I guess, like that in this relationship. And then something happened that meant that I was so betrayed and the carpet was so pulled from underneath me that it just, like all of that just disintegrated before my eyes. And it did kind of put me on this path of having to, like, because for the first time in my life, I cultivated enough and learned enough about these practices and these things that I didn't go into victim mode. And that I also was like, okay, I have to give these things to myself. But I think it's also a constant lesson yeah. because it's quite, becomes quite embedded, doesn't it? Yeah. And some people, it's going to take six, seven relationships. And they'll like, yours was at that time. That's your soul chose it. You made that choice. Yeah. Right. And that's a brave choice. It's not easy. It's much easier to be like, it's their fault, mm. you know? And then you try it again, you just do it again until it breaks you of this pattern. And, and that's amazing that you did it. And me and Kelly actually, we've yeah. been speaking a lot recently. He's a mutual friend of ours about, we love you, Kelly. We love you, Kelly. <laughs> about um, kind of moving from like the maiden into the mother role oh and God. this transition that's happening. And I definitely am feeling that at the moment kelly and i spoke about that too i'm obsessed with the whole maiden queen i mean we have different versions of it but that's that concept for i don't know if the audience knows but the idea that we all have a maiden within mm -hmm. us which is this sort of very stunted wounded girl girl who's pretty much driving the relationships you're in it's like there's an 11 year old girl who's dating yeah. these people and she's like <laughs> you're here to save me yeah why aren't you saving me yeah and let's be codependent and it's so like damsel in distress oh, yeah. kind of complex and as long as you're in the maiden what are you going to attract you're going to attract a little boy who can't do you know you're mm. unless the queen the woman will always say no to the shadow of a man okay Ooh. so she won't be in a relationship with the shadow of a man so you know you're in your maiden if you're with a man that's very shadowy and you've got to be like, why am I doing this? How do you know if you're in a relationship with a man that's very shadowy, though? I think we always know. <laughs> but we ignore these things, right? Your, your intuition is knows something's not right. The maiden thinks it's great. It's wonderful. The drama, the up and down, the push and the pull and the whatever is going on. That's where the maiden lives. This is what she knows. <laughs> I'm not a relationship expert. But my maiden was driving the show pretty much always. So it was more about discovering that and seeing that side of myself and then I can like love her and laugh and now I know her and I know her behavior mm -hmm. and yeah, I think myself and hilarious. everyone listening is going what yeah. are they talking about oh yeah, <laughs> they get, yeah I think they're going I know exactly what I they're mean, talking about it's so funny my my I explained it to my mom the other day who's much older and she was her eyes were well because you can you can be like, the maiden oh, forever you your know? whole yeah. life I think she was like oh my gosh I'm in my <laughs> like whoa because that's what I mean by who's running the show. So you got to spend that time with like, is it the shadow, the critical voice in your head that is driving everything you're doing? Is it this maiden that's like, I'm desperate for love, love me, I'll do whatever, whatever your maiden is. That's mine. Um, and, you know, uh, who is it? And then once you see her, then all those relationship patterns make sense because mm -hmm. then you realize the drama you're bringing into your life. So now I can be like, wait, I, I don't want that. I'm going to make a different choice. And that's where, you know, the queen is not going to, an amazing drama. queen is not going to want to date a 10 year old boy. You know, she's going to not be interested in that. Mm. And I think that sort of initiation in that process, you then will invite the right partner. That's right. And you'll continue if, you, if the maiden's running the show, that is all you will meet. You're not, and you're going to be like, why? I don't get it. Why is this happening? I mean, I'm, I, 
I'm saying I'm still <laughs> learning this lesson. Um, it's so but every time, hopefully, you know, you level up and because you're always attracting wherever you're at. Mm. I know, right? We could we could talk for like all day long. Okay, so you're Libra rising. It's such a I have to say this is such a like the word is like lovely chart. Like Pisces, Taurus, Libra, Cancer. These are very feminine, very um sensitive. You know, Aphrodite the Taurus and Pisces the giver and Cancer's the mother and Libra is like the friend. Libra is all about relationship. So this is another part. This is the part that might be a people pleaser who wants everybody to like them. It's very concerned about their friends and and it's very um, focused on relationship. It wants a long-term committed partnership. And that is your destiny. Your path to God is relationship in a way. But we'd say ideally conscious equal relationship, not, you know, the codependent, which of course you'll do that. This is your rising sign. You've never done it before. So you're going to make all the honest mistakes, wrong choices. all the wrong choices, <laughs> you know, until first you become your own best friend because Libra can be the most codependent, right? So how do you, instead of being so worried about being the best partner, the best friend to somebody else, first learn how to be your own best friend. But we say that's part of your destiny is definitely to have a committed long-term partnership. And the ideal partner for you is not, we'd say is, is Aries. So it's somebody who is going to be uh, autonomous. very well, very committed. Basically, they're going to say this relationship is my number one priority because you're able to do that too. Libra and Aries, that's the relationship is the number one. Not where you give up who you are. You meet each other in consciousness, but it's about having someone come and claim you and make it very clear. I'm here. Aries is a warrior. It's a protector. It's all about commitment. And it's pretty, it's very straightforward. There should be no like confusion. Mm -hmm. Um, and we say it's about letting them claim you. Libra rising, don't, they can make the mistake of of, of going out and kind of think it's their job to find a relationship. Yeah. And it's, this is the easiest one. It's just like, do not do that. The right partner for you will come and claim you. Let them do it. But is that different for other people? Sure. But yeah. Yeah. Everyone oh, is different. The relationship path for a Leo rising is going to be, Good do you even need one? Do you even need a relationship? <laughs> Probably not. You're, you're the... Queen, creator, courageous, fire, wow. make it up as you go. If you're going to have a partner, that's fine, but they can't get in your way. And it's there's no codependence and the relationship probably won't be the priority. So for people's rising sign, they can actually have a better understanding of like how their relationship yeah. plays a part in their life or how to seek it out. Or yeah, not. that's all in the pattern. folks. Yeah, it's all in there. So that's what we talk about. That's how we talk about your ideal relationships wow. based on that. I love yeah. That. It's very, that's very helpful. That's one of the most helpful ones, especially if somebody has a chart of Libra rising and they have like a Scorpio moon. So they're the ones who always take action. And all they do is like, no, I want that person. I'm going, and I'm like, don't ever go after anybody again. Just let someone come to you because you're so used to being the one driving it. But Libra is about letting them, letting them claim you because that's how you'll feel safe. You got your, that person is there and they're solid. There's no confusion. It's like, and you're in, Oh, right, because you, right, so you're in Saturn. Interesting, because you're in Saturn to your yeah, Venus. We, we, we can't not talk about Saturn. February 15th, you started a nine month Saturn cycle. So, Saturn, like we said, comes in and it's trying to force you to make changes. It's trying to have you look at the situation and assess what's working and what's not, because it usually comes in and brings blocks, boundaries, frustration. Um, so, where you're seeing things that aren't working, it's about letting them go and committing to something else 
it's also a good time to channel it into a project or something because Saturn is about manifesting in this world and mm -hmm. contributing that way. So is there something you can focus or channel this energy into? Because what you don't want it to do is make you feel insecure, start doubting yourself. Saturn can have that impact too. But yeah, where are you seeing blocks and boundaries? I always say when Saturn, it's like, been working a job for 10 years you're underpaid you go into your boss and say look i i want to get a raise and they say no trust that that's the reality of the situation and make a change based on that mm -hmm. so because saturn's lessons often can feel quite harsh and abrupt yeah they're they're blocks it's very it feels very frustrating it can feel very depressing it feels like pushing the boulder up the hill yeah. and like it's so much work and it's so heavy. Like, oh, what, you know, it can be and depressing. It can be quite like guillotine style in their ending in terms of if something's not right, it just abruptly <clears throat> ends. It can. When these things happen, we'd say, well, that's a good thing. It was meant to end because there's certain ones that are about relationships very specifically. It'll be like a nine month cycle about partnerships. We'd say, if you're in one and it is not working, this is when it will end, mm -hmm. you know? without being predictive, but we said this is where it will be challenged. Or if you're single, don't even bother trying to find a partner because you're just going to hit well after. Just take the nine months to work on yourself. Mm -hmm. So these things are helpful because you could spend nine months just like, I desperately want to be with somebody and you could have spent it working on yourself. Okay. Because I think for a lot of people listening, I, I feel especially in the context of relationships, they're always like, if, if they're starting to question something, even especially if they're like, perhaps a bit younger or something they've been in something a long time mm -hmm. and then they question whether you know during their Saturn return it's suddenly gonna fall apart and almost being sort of apprehensive about that moment Saturn return is wonderful the, the the idea with the Saturn return that's one of the Saturn cycles that it's about leveling up yeah this is like this is when you get married this is when you start the business this is when you have the kid it's really like I'm making a massive change in my life that's what it's about it's it's a pressure to get you to act. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all about how you relate to that. If you have no Saturn in your chart natally, Saturn transit can feel very, very depressing, very heavy, very uncomfortable. If you're someone like me who has a lot of Saturn, you're kind of used to it. You know but how to consolidate that energy. You're just like, ugh. Yeah, it's your, I, I had a friend who's a Scorpio moon who doesn't have any Saturn, very powerful woman. And... She had Saturn to that moon and she, it was brutal. Brutal. And I was like, okay, so you know how you feel for these nine months? It's like, it's how I feel all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I get it now. Okay. So and how does it, in, how can you interpret it in my chart yeah. for Saturn though? Well, you just started a Saturn to your Venus. Saturn doesn't feel good for a Taurus, right? Because it's making it feel restricted. Restricted. Yeah. yeah. So this is, I, I mean, I'd ask you because it's been a month and a half. Are you feeling any kind of Saturn things yet or not? What Not, restrictive? Just pressure. Pressure to do something, to change something. It's like a motivation. That's sort of ideal. Other parts of it can make you sort of feel insecure, doubt yourself, or, or feel a bit depressed, or like you're hitting the wall, or things are blocked. Mm -hmm. I would say more the former in terms of okay. them having a real energy to try and like expand things and like the business. And there's definitely resistance and challenges. And I'm dealing with more confrontation probably than I ever have before. But that's a massive thing for me to have to learn how to deal with that conflict for things to elevate and progress. Mm -hmm. But I'd say that's because you're so aware, that's how you're taking it, right? So you're take, some people could take these conflicts as they could be very debilitating. And so what's amazing is you're taking that 
because the idea with Saturn is you're supposed to grow. It's nine months. It's like a rebirth of something and it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to have to do some work. But at the other end, you're much better for it. So would it yeah. be fair, is it's in opposition with Venus? Is that what it is? No. What? Saturn? By Saturn, yeah. Well, no, so you don't, this is a cycle you're going through for okay. nine months and it's squaring you. Square, okay. Right now. It'll be over in nine months. It doesn't, it's not there all the time. Okay. But you have Pluto in opposition to your Venus. That's right. part of, we'd say, your path, you know, your life. It's that a theme it. in your life, this Pluto. The, you know, feeling dangerous to prioritize yourself. Everything feels dangerous. My security, my safety, my sense of esteem, of, of prioritizing myself, of doing what I want. That's selfish. This, this is dangerous. If I do it, somebody might die. Mm. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh my God, that's right. so true. I know. I have like such rational fears about things like that. That's Pluto. You've done nothing wrong. That's what I'll say. It's part of the path. It's taking you deeper. It's making you a much more complex, interesting person. Um, you're finding out that your security is something much deeper than you originally thought it was. And the lessons will continue to come to prove it. Right. But you're this much more aware. The lessons aren't as tough. The older mm -hmm. you get. Unless you refuse to heed to them at all. How much do you use then the pattern and astrology to sort of feel day-to-day -day life now? Well, I mean, you have, yeah, you have so many phases of it. So of course, when you're first doing it, everything is so literal and it, you know, and then you get over that because that's very disempowering. I don't want the pattern or astrology to be disempowering. And I think if you get OCD about it or you give your power away to it, this told me this, so this is how it is. That's, you're getting in, it's not helpful more. anymore. This is really a tool. So if it's helping you reflect, understand, you know, be more conscious, be more aware, be have a, a perspective about the relationships in your life, that's great. So I, I think I'm in that phase now where I'm aware of it. It's just knowing, oh, wow, like I'm in one of the most intense Pluto cycles you could ever go through. Some people will never have it in their life. You are too, by the way. So I'm going you just started one just in January. <laughs> Mine is almost done. It started last spring. But Why is it so intense? Because it's an, on an angle of the chart. So it's a major initiation about the most progressive part of your chart. And Pluto comes in and makes you feel like it can be very like an existential kind of crisis. Like, why am I here? It takes, it sort of strips away all the things you think you want, or maybe you sort of get them and then they go away irrationally. Um, it's trying to get you to be more authentic and more connected to your, in my case, would be my ascendant um, in Cancer. It's trying to get you, yours is in Capricorn, it's on your home and roots. So this just started, and it's very much based on birth time. Mm -hmm. So it could have started last year if your birth time is actually a little bit different. different. So it's something to keep in mind. But usually it's an initiation that's, it's trying to really push you forward. It's a very progressive part of the chart. So it's trying to take you there, but Pluto comes in through irrational, unexplainable events or situations or experiences that you've never had before. It's trying to take you to a place where you don't have control, mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone. So you surrender. So it's it's been a process of me surrendering again, I think, because I, I, I spent, I had six years of Pluto um, and then I hadn't for a while and I have this one and I'm like, wow, there's a lot more to surrender. Who knew, you know? And what are you attached to? Pluto comes in, it's like a forest fire. It doesn't care, taking away, it's not logical. So what isn't supposed to be there goes. Mm -hmm. And it's just a good thing to know about because it's just in the field. It doesn't have to be overwhelming and brutal. I think it mostly is if 
you resist what's happening as opposed to accepting and moving through it. And it, it helps to just be aware that it's happening. So you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to maybe view that a little irrationally right now. Mm-hmm. I should tell my friends, they should know, you know, not to be seeing things clearly for a little while. Interesting. Um, and what else? And you have Jupiter to your moon that just started last week. So abundance, expand, Jupiter's gifts, abundance, expansion, it's wonderful. Everybody loves to have Jupiter. It's on your moon. So it's expanding that part of you, you know, your heart and opening you up and softening you. And it gives you um, a certain kind of oomph and confidence, which is not, I mean, you have so many cycles at once. You have a Pluto, you have a Jupiter, you have a Saturn. And in June, big cycle, Uranus okay. is going to come. So that's unexpected, radical, novel changes. Trying to take you to other worlds. It's very celestial. It's, it's really exciting. But change is change. Some people like it, some people don't, you know. So, and it's just about going with the change. Whenever you have Pluto and Uranus at the same time, that's like revolution in your life. I mean, I could see some really amazing things changing. At the same time, you have Saturn. So you could feel like, I got to stay, I got to keep it all here. But yeah. It's like Pluto and Uranus are kind of like a time outside of time. They don't exist in this 3D world. So you're having to deal with things that are so irrational in the everyday life. So it can feel disorienting sometimes. But I love Uranus. It's so fascinating. So you're going through quite a big transition now yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been for a year, 10 months left. And then I have Jupiter coming, which is nice to the career part. I was going to say, what do you feel is next for the pattern then? Mm. Are you able to talk about the dating side of it? Yes. So we're, uh, that's, and that's an exciting part of it too, because we've really just been in a beta and it sort of you know, there's a couple hundred thousand people on it, testing, fixing, getting feedback. Um, what's unique about the dating is we have this exceptional algorithm that understands compatibility. Mm-hmm. So you can go in and you swipe and you can be attracted to somebody and then find out they're your soulmate or it's extraordinary. Or there's actually this couple in the beta who we spoke to in the fall that came from totally different states, backgrounds, were on it in the beta and were soulmates. So they decided to talk and they reached out and said, you don't understand. There's no reason we should ever know each other, be with each other. And now we're together and we're in love. It's changed our lives. And just yesterday, an email from her telling me they're married and having a baby and that she wants to, that this has changed her life and every friend's life. And they're going to do a whole art exhibition on finding their soulmate in our connect beta. That's amazing. <laughs> it's unbelievable because she's like, we just never would have dated. We have yeah. no reason to know each other. We're just oh, not yeah. even in the same that. state. I know. And I was like, wow. So it's really about just having a lot of people on there so we can fund, you know, you need, you need people to match with to find your soulmate. I was just blown away that this happened and they took that chance and it was so exciting. Gave me hope, Kagi. Oh. Maybe I'll find my soulmate. <laughs> Maybe it's a pattern. Can uh, you imagine that? Would be that'd be hilarious. I feel like it would seem manipulative so I feel like I shouldn't be no, on it. I would never do that but yeah but sure yeah we had a bunch of people on there well, Lisa thank you so so much oh. for coming on the show I found this fascinating and a lot of uh, a lot of things to go and think about thank you so much yeah this is really fun and thank you for creating the pattern I love what Lisa said saying that we will experience many Saturn cycles Um, The Chiron wound is also something to look out for because a lot of people have mentioned that to me before. So if you want to have a look into your chart or download the pattern and have a look what it has to say about you. 
Um, and also to try and get your birth time correct because it's so important for the accuracy of a reading. If you want to hear more about Lisa, you can find her at Mother of Patterns and of course download the Pattern app when you get a chance. Saturn Returns is a Feast Collective production. This episode was produced by Laura Gallup and the exec producer was Kate Taylor. Thank you so much for listening and remember, you are not alone. Goodbye.